As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel, and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things like their wings on. How do you have time to consume all this content? You're listening to Dave Spadaro interviews. I, I take a morning bike ride and I listen to Oh, oh I want to hear more it about is. that, but go ahead. No, the Schuylkill Trail. I, I oh, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Birds with Friends, your post day two edition. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman. Shilka Padia, Marissa Morris. It is 12.58 early Saturday morning, and we had some fireworks tonight. Uh, the Eagles in the second round select Landon Dickerson, the injured interior offensive lineman from Alabama, and then in day three, they trade down three spots and take defensive tackle Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech, a big pick for Shield in the Alino draft, but all of those things overshadowed by the viral video caught on camera after the Williams selection, Howie Roseman walking around the Eagles draft room uh, looking for fist bumps to celebrate the pick, and he makes it to Tom Donahoe, who is not happy, and it's a pretty contentious back and forth, and that's uh, that's when the video cuts out. So, Zach, what an interesting night. <laughs> yes, and look, I, I don't want to... Um say we know the contents of the conversation, right? Uh, because there was no audio there. But, Bo, you did ask Howie Roseman about this. And yeah, Howie, I think that's, uh, you know, this is my first question in a while. I don't know if I'm going to be getting another one. <laughs> sure you will. But uh, but Howie was saying that. Uh, I thought he gave he, a very He did. He gave an answer. honest answer. Yeah, yeah, when they were at 70, um, there were a few players on on the board, and then they traded down. And uh, I guess some of the guys were, were gone. They only traded down three spots. So two players mm-hmm. were, were, were gone in between. And that, um, that part of the draft room is, you know, people get emotional and they all have their favorite players and, and that type of thing. Now, if you would deduce uh, or if, if you read into that, it, w- it would seem that Tom Donahoe or people in the room wanted Aaron Robinson the cornerback from Central Florida, or Aleem McNeil, the defensive tackle from North Carolina State. Uh, those were the two players who went, and then the Eagles took Williams. And and this is not to say that the Eagles made the wrong pick, right? Williams might be the best one of all, uh, but this goes to something we've written about and we've discussed in terms of how you spend the weeks before the draft having these types of conversations so you know the certain pressure points and you know – this is when you trade, when you have this amount of guys in a tier, that kind of thing. There should never be a situation where you make a trade and the guy that you want isn't there. Well, well, first of all, Shield, how are you? 
Can I get a fist pound from anybody? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey, give me a little fist pound. Uh, it was it was a very well, it was a very interesting experience for me because you know, I'm just plowing through these grades. I see uh, Milton Williams. I say, oh, all right. I got a little, some points in our, whatever that game's called. Mm -hmm. And it's a player I liked, you know, I tweet out good pick. And then all of a sudden, as I'm, I continue with these grades, uh, people are tweeting at me uh, left and right on um, different text yeah, threads. Flex. You guys, you guys send me the, uh, the video and another thread flex uh, sends me the video front there and I'm going, all right, what's going on here? And I watched it really quickly. Um, but I didn't, uh, I was like, all right, you know, kind of weird, but it was literally like, like five to eight minutes ago where I was able to really sit down and watch it. And oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. It's it really bad. It really is. If we could have, uh, you know, if we could have had a video to lead our story a few weeks ago, uh, that would have been a pretty good video representation. But anyway, so I, I am sort of in the mode of you guys needing to fill me in, which you've already uh, started to do. But I do want to hear uh, even more about what you thought about what, how he said. I want to know when, Bo, when you were called on, if you thought you were going to get called on. Was it late? Mm, was third, nobody I was else? Third, I was third. Okay. One, uh, All right. So it wasn't like, it wasn't which, like nobody course, was going to ask about was the it. best hitter in the lineup. Okay. All right. So go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, but I, but nobody had asked it yet. And like, you know, I was, I was hoping that I wasn't going to have to be the one to ask it. So I wouldn't have to be the bad guy again, but uh, there was no, there was no doubt that I wasn't going to ask it. And it's Race funny, actually, it's, it's, <laughs> I like that. Uh, I'm a bad guy. Um, it's funny because I actually like, I actually don't think that this is that big of a deal. Um, but given the context of, you know, what we've written about and them trying to, you know, put forward this this face of of unity um, in the front office in this in this new regime. I mean, it, it is a pretty damning video. Um, you know, like a picture says a thousand words. Like Tom Donahoe is not happy at all um, about that selection. But I actually think, like, you know, they wouldn't have traded down those three picks if Aaron Robinson like was was sticking out as a as a better uh, grade than their other options. And I don't even like Aaron Robinson. He turns 24 in November. I would much rather have Milton Williams. Like, I like that pick a lot more. Um, and it's unreasonable to expect that when you have, uh, like, yes, they should, be, they, they should be working these things out ahead of time, but it's unreasonable to expect that there's going to be unanimity um, oh, sure. in the room when there are guys who are, like, graded basically the same, right? And as Howie, Howie said, uh, you know, these guys do the scouting all year long. They're going to have their favorites. You know, that, that is, uh, that is typical. And obviously, you know, Robinson presumably is the one who, who Donahoe wanted, but, uh, it's the, the funniest thing to me is just that like the, uh, you know, the draft is so about like promoting the league and like filleting the teams. And it's just very funny that in this moment, when they're showing the Eagles draft room, you get like this, this moment of candor. Um, which, you know, but, it's, it's going to follow, real. it's going to, it's real and it's going to follow. <laughs> oh, it's great that we saw it, but it's going to like, it's the story of this draft for the Eagles. There's no doubt about it. Well, well, I, I still think the story of the draft is them getting Devonte Smith, but I, I, I see no, 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 no. They turn on any, <laughs> any show tomorrow morning. Yeah. Well, I guess tomorrow's Saturday, uh, turn on Monday morning. Uh, you know, whoever you want to listen to, uh, you know, what your friends are talking about, Zeeburn, what your brothers are talking about, <laughs> anybody. This is the scene that will define and your the draft. I mean, listen, if Devontae Smith go, you know, if Devontae Smith is tearing it up in training camp and has 150 yards week one, yes, you're right. But we have a long way to go until this team <laughs> yeah. plays a football game. And this is in the wake of not just article, uh, our article, you know, I don't want to just gas us up, but right. uh, other people have reported about it. But we obviously spent a lot lot of time on that article it was talked we talked about it uh, uh locally uh, there were a lot of conversations about it uh locally the new york times asked about it as zach uh as zach said oh, yeah, i didn't i link. actually forgot to read that <laughs> and then in, in, in an interview with howie roseman and you know i think les bowen uh tweeted this and i agree with him you know we can you can downplay it and say oh you know there's disagreements there are these videos from every draft room yeah. in the NFL. Uh, I love watching them. They're fun. They're a peek, uh, peek behind the curtain. And there are no scenes uh, that I can remember yeah. that look anything like that. I mean, it is a, it, there are, there are rooms where yes, 
They didn't pick the guy you specifically wanted, but you understand the process. You understand the reasoning behind it. You understand the way the draft board fell. The guy's in your building now. So you celebrate. You There's move like the on. Patriots one from last night where they're not that excited about taking Mac Jones, but they just. But that's just, everybody at least, right? right? Yeah. Exactly, I mean, yeah. who knows what's going on there? I mean, I don't even know how you go about analyzing that. That was an unbelievable video. But I mean, this just, you know, if there was no, I guess, no smoke to it or, or whatever, you know, if there was not the background right. that if, we all have, yeah. then yeah, you could just say, all right, you know, no big deal. Uh, but given everything we know, and then to see that, I don't know how you look at that video and think anything other than, well, all right, you know, Tom Donahoe, a guy who's kind of been how he's right hand man, right? Right. Hey, Zach, he's like you Howie's can guy. Zach, why don't you give a, give a little background? Because I, yeah. I think we know who Tom Donahoe yeah. is, but I think you probably even Big know fun. better, like more than me, because, you know, I wasn't here uh, when Howie uh, came back into power. Like, what is his role in his relationship with Howie Roseman in the organization. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm glad you asked because he's he's a a really um big kind of behind the scenes person for the Eagles. He he's a former GM, right? He he used to run this the these the Steelers football operations. There was a power struggle with Bill Cowher. Uh, he uh, he was out. He was he was then in 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 Buffalo. He came to the Eagles, I think, in in 2012, um, and then. And he was the kind of a senior voice for them when Chip was fired and Howie gets back in charge. And it was Howie Roseman and Tom Donahoe really running that 2016 draft together. Uh, And he's been instrumental kind of as that senior voice behind the scenes with Howie, uh, even as as they've had some of these regime changes. Now, it's also noteworthy that Andy Whitell, the uh, the. Eagles vice president of, of player personnel, Tom gave Andy his start in Pittsburgh, right? Their, their families go back a long way. So, uh, so there's, he's, he's an important um, figure in the scouting department too, because he obviously has Andy's respect. And I thought it was interesting in the video that we saw all the principal characters or a lot of the principal characters from our story. Obviously Doug Peterson's not in the, in the room, but you see Jeffrey Laurie there. Now that would have really been the biggest story <laughs> yeah, yeah, if he yeah, was in the room. <laughs> yeah. You see Jeffrey Laurie there. You see Alec Halby there in the back corner. Um, Andy's obviously representing the scouting staff there. Uh, and then you have Tom Donahoe, who's who's a, a strong senior voice. So you, you have uh, all these different characters in the room, and you're seeing this interaction after the pick. Yeah. And you mentioned it like Donahoe is the guy who, you know, when they redid the, you know, when, when Howie took back power um, and it was, you know, the scouting staff had already been sort of uh, plundered by chip. It was basically like Howie and Donahoe just running that draft. Um, and that frankly was their best draft yeah. in the past, in the past six years. Easily. So, so that, yeah, I mean, that's how that pick will be viewed. It'll be viewed uh, through that it's lens so funny and because it, I think Milton Williams is such a better pick. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. Like of all the things, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Again, we don't know exactly. Um, is, is, well, I guess we do know exactly. Right. I mean, Tom Donahoe was upset that either Aaron Robinson or, or Aleem McNeil got yeah, and taken. I think, and I think if you, uh, people have been like, you know, very closely watching his lips and it sounds, it, it looks like he's saying something about corner like i wanted the corner or we could have taken the corner or something uh, so, okay I, I think it's i think it's aaron robinson yeah i mean okay. I, I the lip reading is is taking it a little far yeah I don't oh know. you gotta do that come on no i mean uh, we we can't do that like credibly but yeah, if you're okay. listening and are like an expert in the field by all means do that and share with us uh, uh what you found out yeah i'm with you bowie it, it's like the strangest thing for this to happen with like I know. aaron robinson or milton williams in the, in the 70s like i i thought milton williams yeah I, I would definitely grade the milton williams pick higher than i would the yeah, aaron robinson's an old aaron no robinson. but like what i was saying with the process is is when you make that trade right you're saying like if you're only going down three spots you're saying all right there are three players that we like here or right. x or five players that, right. that, that we like here. So you you have to kind of understand as an organization, and, and, and again, like Bo said, not everyone in the room is going to agree on every decision. 
but you would hope that you have a certain amount of guys in the in that tier, if you will, and that when you make that trade, it's kind of understood um, that we're going to get one of the guys that we're targeting here. It shouldn't be a situation where someone's like, how did we miss out on this player? Because that's the exact reason why you're willing to make a trade. Otherwise, getting a sixth round pick when you already have it's all- three sixth round picks, it's it's like it's not worth it. You know, not to belittle a sixth round pick. But it's, it's not worth it if there's someone you feel strongly about in the 70s. It's also very funny the way that Donahoe is like stewing and pouting in the corner. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even know he's in the room. I, I didn't even know he would. Like I said, I didn't. I had to watch it again. You wouldn't even know he's in the room because he's like so far away from everybody. <laughs> he's so upset. Uh, against the wall uh, there. And yeah, so I, I guess he would have preferred that they stayed at 70 and drafted uh, Aaron Robinson is sort of what we can. And you know, know what? I'm like, my sense is that, and you know, this is just uh, speculation. My sense is that, like, I'm not even 100% sure that Robinson would have been the pick if they had stayed at 70. Who knows? Like, I think that's I who Donovan Donahoe would have would have lobbied for. But um, it, like, if if that was the case, then I feel like the, you know the rest of the room would have also been a little bit more um, dissatisfied. Yeah, no, and it's I, so funny because I think like uh, uh, Zach, you may disagree, but I think uh, Sheila and I like <laughs> this is the pick we like, and then the pick that we don't like, they were all very happy about. I think. Landon well, the other funny yeah, part yeah. about this is, did you see who the Panthers took with the pick? Oh, the, uh, Brady Christensen. Yeah, he turns yeah. twenty-five in September. They're yeah, trading yeah. up for a guy who turns twenty-five in yeah, September. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, back to back goals. Uh, weird all around. It's uh, it's so you know as I, as I was say, I think I said it was a, on our preview show that the Eagles did not wanted this to be. I thought they wanted this to be a boring draft where no one's talking about them. And now I think this is a. I mean I think this is a big story. I think that clip will be played uh, whenever anything anyone is discussing the Eagles here. In the days ahead, I don't know if it'll uh, get any traction nationally or if it already has, but certainly locally, it will be uh, it will be a big talking point. And um, like like we're how many minutes into this pod and we haven't even really right. discussed. we're 16 minutes into the podcast and we haven't even really discussed like whether they made good picks or not um, <laughs> because of this video. So it, it really is wild that this or, you know, on day one, they get Devante Smith. Everybody's happy. You're feeling like things are going in the right direction. Maybe it's something about day two. Day two last yeah, year. Day you know, two has been bad. Jalen Hurts and that pick. And so day two always has a little bit of a twist. But I, I guess we should talk about the actual picks and players here at some yeah. point soon. And and, and just la- uh, last thing for me, I don't know if you have anything else, Zach, but I actually do think like I, I sort of give Howie a little bit of credit for uh, for like addressing it head on and not uh, like poo-pooing it as like not a big deal. Um, yeah, you know, he yeah, knew no, the question I, I thought, was coming, but I, yeah, you know, I, 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 I thought, thought he gave his, a good answer. I thought he he gave a good answer, and the other thing too is uh, I do agree with what Shield and, and Les were saying that you know thirty one other teams you don't see this, but the reality is like the the pictures of everyone clapping that's that's not that's like the sanitized version of what happens in a draft room, right? There's 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 discussion, there's um. I imagine there's there are, are people who are upset when a player goes, you're sweating it out if there's a player you want there. So I I don't want to be like the the person who uh, who is you you see this in, in media a lot where like they complain that every quote's a cliche, but then whenever someone says something interesting, it's like how 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 dare you say something interesting? Um, but I, I think within the context of what we've reported and what others have reported, it's it's certainly emblematic of um, perhaps some of the the disagreements that happen, and not just disagreements that happen in in meetings, but disagreements that happen in real time when you're on the clock. I mean, but but my experience is after a pick is made that that like I don't know I, I sort of think that's um, out of the norm after a pick is made. And the GM is going around giving fist pounds. Sure. 
I, well, I, don't I think, think we, you, I think I what think we did learn in, in our that. story I mean, is that that's not, that is not, at least here has not always been the case. Right. Yes. Yeah. But I, I think that is, that's like a general rule. Like I've heard GMs talk about this is that, all right, you have your disagreements, you know, you once, go once at they're it, in the building you argue once the pick is made and that person is a part of your organization, like forget your nonsense forget your disagreements and everyone back the guy. I mean, you know, this and, even... And, and, and by the way, that might have been Howie's reaction there, right? Like, like the reason you see that look on Howie's face might yeah. be exactly what Shield was saying. Like, yeah, we've like, like we've discussed this. Why is this coming up right now? Well, it know? looked like he was more confused than anything yeah. else. Like, I didn't. It, he didn't look. He didn't look angry in response. Yeah, I thought he was like, "What's he the was, matter?" Yeah, he was like, "What's going? What, what is it? Yeah. You know, yeah, what's exactly. up your ass?" Yeah, because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like what because a corner. Howie, yeah, Howie wants to fist pump everyone. Howie's pumped. He just got Milton Williams, you know? Like, he's, he's, uh, he got his guy. So he's got Aaron Donald. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, uh, wow. It really is something. It's, it's, oh, it is always something. We should uh, talk about Landon Dickerson at some point. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah, let's yeah, start let's, with the picks. Let's, let's get start the with picks. the picks. And so, uh, the Eagles with the fifth pick of the second round, uh, number 37 overall. After uh, Tyson Campbell, Elijah Moore, Javante Williams, and Javon Holland go, they take Landon Dickerson from Alabama, the uh, versatile, uh, dominant at times interior offensive lineman. He has started games at all five positions over the course of his career at both Florida State and Alabama. He was, uh, you know, a leader at that program, uh, beloved by everybody, and and was uh, dominant. People like you know, like Brandon Thorne. These offensive line experts love Landon Dickerson. Um, you know, guys really like him. That's the good news. The bad news is uh, he tore his ACL in December, and that is the fourth season of his five years in college that was ended by a season-ending injury. He had another torn ACL early in his career. He had an ankle and, and uh, I think, a foot. Um, well, he still has those things, but he had injuries to those things at the time. And uh, to me... This is an odd and probably poor use of resources, I think. Uh, we can get into it, but uh, this is a player who has probably um, Pro Bowl upside, but given you know Jeff Stoutland's ability to coach up uh, mid-round and late-round offensive linemen, given the ease that there is to find in like starting caliber interior offensive linemen in the league, and given the myriad uh, needs the Eagles long-term needs the Eagles have across the roster. I thought that this was uh, this was a curious selection. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, let's like like this has nothing to do with Landon Dickerson's ability as a player. So, like anything you hear about how you know other teams really loved him as a player, smart people like you mentioned, uh, whether you follow them on Twitter or elsewhere, they are going to tell you that his film is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that I don't, I don't think anybody is like denying that. Like that seems to just be universal. Like the guy sure. can absolutely play. There's no doubt about it. When a guy has that uh, type of versatility also, that is very, uh, you know, that, that is uh, attractive as well, that he started games at all five offensive line positions. That is not the issue. The issue is that you have the 37th pick, and a year ago, you were telling me that you, uh, you know, what was the thing about walking into Doug Peterson's office, Zach? Get guys who are fast, mm. uh, durable, and love and love ball, right? Yeah. So the Wasn't that part. the thing? Yeah, something of that nature. Yeah, but something about it was like don't like don't take injured players, basically. Mm. Yes. Was, yes. Was that not a year ago <laughs> that this was yeah. the anecdote? That we were that like it, it was literally well that was I guess it would have been January. Well, this year probably. he walked into Sirianni's office and said, "Give me, give me guys <laughs> who are from the southeast," and that's it. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, and we Slow, you know I yeah. I know I mocked him at the time like all right this isn't like a big breakthrough you know this is like people have been saying this about football players for uh, ever since the the game was created that these things are all important but now you're taking a guy who has had three season ending injuries in college or four. Oh, four. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, I thought four seasons that ended, yeah. 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 Four oh. seasons that have ended with injuries. Yep. Four seasons. Okay. So four seasons <laughs> that have ended in injuries. Now I'm not saying you never take a flyer 
on a guy like that. If you think he's got all pro upside and he's got an injury yeah. history, there comes a time to me, that time is day three. That is not with the 37th or, pick. Or it's a more premium position. Even then, no, it's the 37th pick. You have holes up and down your roster. You are in a retooling. Look at the guys who were drafted after him. I mean, Christian Barmore. I don't know if he's going to be great or not. You know what? He's played and his upside is like a Chris Jones clone. All right. That is a fine process. You know, you, you can go down uh, the list here. Uh, Trayvon Merrick, right? This is a starting caliber safety uh, who gets picked at 43. That is a fine use of resources. Asante Samuel Jr. taken at 47. Somebody who could come in, premium position, play for you right away, scheme fit, all those things. And so you can go up and down the list of the guys taken after them. And it is really, really hard to justify this pick. And I don't understand it. I mean, aside from the injuries, yes, it's not a premium position. It's a spot where you have your best assistant coach coaches that spot and has shown time after time that he can get more out of less. That doesn't mean you don't want talent, but that means you don't have to force it. And I, I just don't understand that pick, uh, making that pick at 37, given the state of the roster, the injuries, everything else we just mentioned. And I could be wrong yeah. about this, but I feel like if you were dead set on Landon Dickerson, you probably could have picked up some value here. Um, the next interior offensive lineman didn't go for another 11 picks. You know, there was this big run on tackles. So maybe Dickerson goes. But um, I think like I just I just like the value proposition there, I find very difficult to buy. Go yeah, ahead, I, I I had a, a bit of a different read on it than you guys did. Um, now I, I it's it's not the pick I I would have made. I wrote that. I, I I think my issue with it was was more that I think there were cleaner alternatives. Um, that being said, or that said, not that being said. That said, I I would if if he has a chance of being an All Pro player, if if he's a first round talent and he's there at 37 and your doctor signed off on him. Right. Uh, then well, I mean, <laughs> but, 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 but that's, really? that's a real that's question. An issue, but that's a real question. And, and, and that was the question that, that, that came up and how he was adamant that they don't view this as a red shirt situation. Uh, so, so we'll see. So I, I agree with what you guys say about the risk. It's not a risk I would have taken when there were alternatives on the board that I, was intrigued by Barmore, uh, Jeremiah, Abusu Karamora. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, it's uh, like three o'clock in the yeah. morning or whatever. Uh, I mean, really, we'll do our a, best, but no problem. Asante Samuel Jr. But but like they, they I've I've been. I had Merrigan Ojolari as my uh, as my yeah, draft. But it would be hypocritical of me to to say uh, that they shouldn't go for a guy who has who's who's one of the Top, let's say, twenty talents in the draft. Top twenty-five talents in the draft. How, how, however you put it, uh, and and has all pro upside, as our Dame Brugler said. Uh, when I I say what what they need are top of the league mm -hmm. players, um, because that's that's the chance. I I understand what you're saying about Jeff Stalin, uh, but like due respect, there's a difference between developing a solid starter and developing a blue chip player. Uh, or having a blue chip player, and if that's what Landon Dickerson can become, then that's a that's a good pick. Um, but you you're taking a major risk with someone with that injury history. Uh, and when you look at the fact that the next two picks were trade downs, correct? Um, or, yes. the, or or two of the next three. So uh, the Patriots traded up; they gave up two fourth round picks. So like at the minimum, you could have gone down. X amount of spots. I, I don't have it off offhand, but not that many spots. I think it was nine spots and added two fourth round picks. Um, the Panthers, a few picks later, went down, I think, 13 spots, added a third round pick. Um, there were, I mean, perhaps it was the type of thing where Dickerson was just in a tier on his own. They had that first round grade. They wanted to, to, to take him there. Um, but I, I think between trade down opportunities, between JOK, uh, between Barmore, um, there were other opportunities there that would have intrigued me. But I'm not as down on the pick as you guys are because 
of the upside because of, I, I, of, of, the, well, of the talent. No, go ahead. Hold go on, ahead. hold on. I, I completely disagree with the justifications. I mean, there are two things to look at. One is the upside and two is the probability of reaching that upside. I mean, you can have a guy who has an all pro upside, but there's a 1% chance that he reaches it. You don't take that guy as far as you know, other him being a top 20 talent, guess what? 36 times a team had a chance to draft him and they saw the same film as everyone else. And they said, no, thank you. Uh, we are not going to take that risk because it's too much. So like, he's not a top 20 player. If he was a top 20 player, he would have got taken in the top 20 picks. He he was the 37th player because this team took him uh, with the 37th pick. And then my other issue here is, I mean, the red shirt thing, that quote that I saw circulating, I had to laugh because this is another situation for like the 18th year in a row Mm. where they spend a second round pick on somebody who's not going to see the field unless somebody else gets injured. I mean, (laughs) I don't understand how you're wasting second round picks on guys like this. If it's a premium position, like fine, like you could actually justify the Jalen Hurts one more than this one, because at least it's a premium position. Last year, 53rd overall pick, second round, Jalen Hurts. How does he get on the field? Only if Carson Wentz turns in the worst performance of any starting quarterback or gets injured uh year before miles sanders okay that one checks year before 2018 well, and jj i think a white side who yeah. wasn't a starter 2018 uh dallas goddard how does he get on the field uh for like a legit amount of snaps well if zach Ertz gets injured oh okay the the pro bowl uh tight end who just won you the super bowl if he gets injured then your second round pick who you took at 49 can actually play some snaps year before sydney jones red shirt season I mean, why are they, why are you forcing these picks year after year, guys who are not going to see the field and specifically right now, like some of those that I mentioned, you probably could have a justification for right now. You need young, talented players. You need guys who are going to see the field. You have Jason Kelsey coming back. You have Sayamalu. you have Brandon Brooks. I know these aren't long-term answers and I agree. You can address the position at some point. I mean, if he were somebody who had a clean bill of health and was just, you know, a can't miss prospect and like one of the safest people, uh, safest prospects in the draft, then we could be having a different discussion. But this like pick comes with so much risk that it does not justify in any way uh, the selection at 37. Well, who were the so so let me ask you guys this who have been the best draft picks that the Eagles have made in the past five years? I'm looking at the list here. I mean, it's hard, like, to, like, yeah, like I the mean, best really. players, just the most talented players that they've had. Last year, there's literally nobody okay. who you can yep. really point to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the year before, I, I guess you want to say Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders. yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's Miles Sanders. Like the the people in conversation are Miles Sanders, Josh, Josh Sweat, Sweat Derek Barnett, those were good ones. Jordan Mailata, okay. Maddox, and, and, Avante Maddox, and Dallas yeah. Goddard. Uh, I, I was going to put Dallas Goddard. Okay. In there. I, I would not be putting Dallas Goddard. Okay. In well, that but mix. but my point is this: that uh, that you can't like talk all the time uh, about how you don't push a need and then say. Well, why didn't you draft a guy who's 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 going to step in and, and, and play right away? Like he, that's that's arguing both sides here. If, I actually agree with you. Yeah, that if and and it's it's not as if he's landlocked for the next like for the life of his rookie contract. He's there's going to be a starting job open in 2022, replacing one of the most valuable players on the team. We don't know how Brandon Brooks is going to recover. But if, if you were to write down the, the the best players on the Eagles right now, Jason Kelsey and Brandon Brooks would be high atop that, that list. And we don't know if either one of them is going to be on the team in 2022. And by the way, uh, every year, basically, in recent memory, they've had to go to backup offensive linemen. So I I think that if he's healthy, my question is, is he healthy? It's not I, – I don't like taking a guy who is who's a redshirt candidate – because then you don't know if he's going to get back to form. But if if you think he's going to be ready by training camp or ready by week one, um, then he'll have a role this year and he'll have a starting job in 2022. Uh, so I uh, the mistake the Eagles would make, frankly, is if they say we need a guy who can step in and play cornerback right away. This guy's this guy's going to be a league average player. Maybe he has upside to be decent. 
but he can step in right away and it makes this pick look good now. No, give me the upside. That's what they need right now. And if Dickerson could be that player, go for it. I'm just, my concern is the injuries, not the talent. Exactly, but you have to. That what do you think? That's the whole argument is the injuries. I say if, if this was like Quentin Nelson that you're getting at the 37th pick, then fine. We can then then we can say all right. Fine, oh yeah, but if it, but right to your away. point, if it was Quentin Nelson, but, he wouldn't have lasted to 37. But it has nothing to do with red. No, but your point just, just now is they have to stop drafting guys who aren't going to play. Well, yeah, when right you away. do that five years in a row, uh, yeah, I do think that's the wrong. I mean, to take like like. Every year that the guy just happened, the best guy on your board in a separate tier than everybody else just happens to be a guy that has no chance of playing. I mean, I think it's actually, I think the bigger problem. And you have to balance position, you know, positional value. I mean, you're taking tight ends, you're taking interior offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, you had it's to me, it has nothing to do with the red shirt thing. I don't care when he's going to be healthy. It's the likelihood that he's going to stay healthy yes. and reach the heights sure. that you're talking about. And the odds are against that. I mean, 30, like I said, 36 teams and given the other needs on your roster, given how you should be valuing a guard center compared to other premium positions, uh, it does not make sense to, to waste that pick there. Well, a few things. I think the, the, you know, him lasting to 37 is, uh, you know, signal enough that other teams don't grade him that highly. I think you have to uh, factor in that it is a position that is not super highly valued in the first round. So it's it's reasonable that a player of, you know, Pro Bowl upside would be available as an interior offensive lineman at 37. Now, again, I, that's not the that's not the the pick I would make, but you can tell me that that's a fair place for like a player of that quality at that position to go. Um, I actually like the, the drafting guys who are not going to start, I don't think is a, is a huge deal as long as there is like an obvious path for them to then become a starter, which I think there is with Dickerson. If he stays healthy, I think the bigger deal is that they haven't drafted a single player on the defensive side of the ball in the first two rounds, the past four years. Um, I think they've, they've, uh, over, they've, they've, uh, weighted That's those things point. differently. Yeah. Um, like Dickerson, it has, it has, when it, when the pick was first made, I, I hated it. Um, it seemed to me like the kind of deal where they were too desperate to uh, like identify and find who was going to be Jason Kelsey's replacement. Like who is going to be the guy who's going to step in when I don't think that they need to to do that. Like you can find anybody in the third round or in the, in, on day three, who's going to compete for that job. It could all like, it's like, even if it's Nate Herbig, it's not the worst thing in the world. I didn't think it was something they needed to reach for, but uh, my read on this pick is that they are like, you know, this is the kind of thing where they are trying to uh, change the culture in the building. Uh, this new coaching staff, you brought in Devonte Smith, who was a leader at Alabama. You're bringing in Landon Dickerson, who was a leader at Alabama. And they view, I know I like, I roll my eyes at that, but I do think that like if Dickerson hits to them, he is a, a, a tent pole player. Um, on the team moving forward, who, you know, we're not going to say that the 10 year thing, but who is going to like be a starting caliber player, a high end pro bowl level player um, along the offensive line, which they value. I don't like the pick still, but it has grown on me a little bit as like, you know, this guy, if you're swinging for, for pro bowl upside, maybe he has that more than some other guys, but of course the injuries terrify me. Yes. And I don't think that the value given those injuries is worth the 37th pick. All right. Uh, and, and that I, I'm on board with, as I wrote, and as I said, uh, it's not the pick I would have made. I just don't think it, it was this, this major disaster because of the upside. Um, and, and, and again, now he did have a good, I don't know if you guys saw the video of his call with the Eagles. He does seem like a, like a fun dude. <laughs> he yeah, was talking he was talking smack to Sirianni. Um did, did, you didn't have an interview with him yet? Or you did? Uh, no, no, we, we did. did. Yeah. That was that was not as good. He's you know, he's uh, he's coached as an Alabama uh media relations guy, so he's not gonna yeah. give much away on those settings. But he he uh he the first thing he said to Sirianni was you must still be mad that I beat you in rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> but let me ask you guys this who would you have taken there? I I, I mean I I would have taken JOK. Uh but I, I am a sucker for that hybrid linebacker safety player. Um, I, I had Ojolari as the highest rated guy, but given the like given that he fell so far, 
that was signal enough to me that the the knee was, the knee was uh, yeah. too much trouble. So I had I had Merrick as as my pick. Okay, uh, I would I probably just need to stick with Barmore. I guess I've been sticking mm -hmm. with him this entire time. He mm -hmm. was the uh, he was. I the think next they were worried. I think they're worried about the Philly thing. Okay, maybe I don't know. Just because you know Sharif Miller didn't work, uh, Daryl Worley didn't work. I feel like they. I feel like they may be uh, over. I mean, over talk about, about a bad process. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Those are two uh, people. One of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Will Parks. Zach, Will Parks. Zach, Will Parks didn't your, work. Right, Everybody Zach. they brought back from Philly has not worked. It's true. I was. I was going to ask Zach to give me some uh, well, Philly natives uh, who have the wrong guy. Yeah. Well, who who have worked? I mean, they have. You have really the you have the Rolodex in your head. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, they have but. Been. But they haven't really gone after like the best Philly natives, right? Like if they drafted Kyle Pitts, I'd be confident right. that would have worked. You know? Yeah, um, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean, sure. Sharif Miller, like Sharif Miller, didn't work in Carolina either. I, I think it had more <laughs> to do with Sharif Miller than it had to do with. And Worley, yeah, Worley is not is not working anywhere. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with Philadelphia. Will I mean, you worked somewhere else. True. Yeah, that's but one. they should have played. Like they didn't even play Will Parks. That wasn't because he mm. came back to Philly. That was. I don't think G uh, Jim Schwartz wanted to play him. Uh, Barmore, I'm looking at. Merrig, I think, would have been a uh, fine pick. Asante Samuel Jr., I think, uh, would have been a fine pick. Mm -hmm. um, I hear what you're saying about Ojolari. I mean, he didn't go that much later. You know, no. if, if you're going to take a flyer on a yeah. injured guy, I think, you know, he. Well, he I, I did the thing where when, when I do this, I have a pick and then a backup pick in case like the guy falls way too far. Uh, and like, and that is signal enough. And I, I put Ojolari as the pick and I just, I don't know, like, is that far enough that, that it's too far? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, your, I, your I boy Boogie Basham went, look at him. He went so many picks later. Uh, mm -hmm. Boogie Basham was 61st. What about Creed Humphrey goes 63rd? I mean, right. well, I think that's the interesting like who, thing. Like that's, that's crazy. the interesting comparison of value because he's the other guy who was the top rated center in the draft. Now, Josh Myers also a center went one pick ahead of him, but to think of Humphrey as going 63rd and Dickerson going 37th, like you really have to think that that is a crazy difference in value. Now, I actually think there's a good chance that the Eagles don't view Dickerson as a center. I think they maybe view him as like an all pro caliber guard. And he might be right. I mean, he's, he's, he's six, six, three, uh, three thirty. He's a big dude. He's a, he's, he's a big guy. Let me ask you guys this. How about like all the offensive line people out there who who know their stuff? Yeah, that, that's um, true. Who like don't just speak highly about him, like speak glowingly about him. Do you put stock yeah, in no that? No one's are. Yeah, no one's arguing that. I mean, no, the guy I do had, put stock into it. That means the guy had a terrific career. He started 37 games. He allowed one sack during his entire college career. He played all five offensive line positions. I, I that that is not the point. Like, I don't know anybody who's arguing, man, this guy's film sucked. All right. You know, he got pushed around in this game or he gave up too many sacks. That that is not uh, what this pick uh, to me is about at all. It's about the the uh, injury issues, first mm -hmm. and foremost, the use of resources, the positional value. I mean, you you mix that all up into one and it makes it a a to me a bad pick. If if you take out like you know, any one of those things, probably if this was a premium position, then maybe you could talk yourself into it more. But the injury thing is just the toughest thing to talk yourself sure. into. And like that, it's not his fault. You know, I'm sure he's rehabbed every time. He's got to have great mental toughness to keep coming back from these season ending injuries. I mean, that is all a credit to him. So like nothing is about disparaging uh, what he's done or what he could be. It's if it's you being an organization with a limited amount of resources, a bad roster, a lack of young talent and like a risk reward, uh, you know, a risk reward equation with the 37th pick that to me makes it a bad pick, but we, there's probably nothing else to uh, say about it at this point. Okay. So I've been yelling a bit too much. Is it good for the pod? Do I sound extraordinary? What's the, you know, it's, it's two o'clock in the morning here in my basement for two days grading, you know, these guys, these teams taking these guys I hadn't even heard of before. Yeah. There were a couple uh, of random. What was that Cowboys pick? Did you see that one? Yeah. The guy who's a uh, cornerback. He wasn't yeah. in Dane's top 300. <laughs> yeah. He was not on my board either. Nation, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I apologize. Good discussion. I like it. It's no fun if we all agree on everything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, this so. is definitely going to lead to uh, Landon Dickerson. This is going to lead to Brandon Brooks or, you know, one of the other <laughs> offensive linemen suffering an injury in training camp. Landon Dickerson's going to come in. He's going to be pancaking people left and right. Baldy's going to be posting videos about him. Uh, and people are going to be tweeting me hashtag resources. So, I mean, that, this is really. Um, Landon Lickerson. Uh, this is a good thing for, for Eagles fans. I think that I am coming out strong in this. Uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. Angle stance. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I was stands, going for stance. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with the 73rd pick after moving down three spots, the Eagles take Milton Williams and the important ramifications. Let's run through them. Wait, I thought, I thought Aaron, Aaron Robinson. No, no, no. He's, not, uh, okay. Milton yeah, not on the board. Okay. Uh, the turkeys to the kingdom after day two, uh, nothing changed. It looks like. I still have a 155 point uh, versus 135 points for Zach Lee. Wait, what and is this? Which game is this? This again? is the Turkeys to the Kingdom. Uh, when we, uh, you know, it was will the Eagles trade up? We put on the Turkeys. The Eagles' first pick will be wide receiver. I got that one. Uh, you can check Dennis's timeline, but the, there are four things still left to be decided. How many total picks will the Eagles make in this draft? Um, we all. Oh, no, Zach, Zach went heavy on 11, and they're at 11 right now. So that, that would be a big swing for Zach. Uh, if it is less than 11 or fewer than 11, that would be big news for me. Mm, again, wow. Uh, will the Eagles make a trade involving a veteran coming or going? Uh, yes would be a big win for Zach. No would be good for uh, Sheila and I, Sheila and me. Will the Eagles draft a quarterback? Yes would be good for Zach. And no would be good for Sheila and me. And then how many more 2022 picks will the Eagles acquire during the draft? Zero would be good for me. One would be good for Zach. And over one would be good for Shield. So that's really the one thing that can move the needle for you, Shield. I like that trade Dave Gettleman made today. Uh, he, he, he traded down in the second round, got a third round pick next year, right? And That uh, was a good trade, yeah. Yes, and, and now they have o- Ojalari. Yeah, what, what, got got into, what got into Gettleman? It's so like he, he tries something once and you really like it, you know? Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, addictive. oh, this is what you guys were talking about. This is sweet. I get to make more picks when I trade back. Yeah, and then next yeah. year, all of a sudden, uh, two first, two thirds next year. So then in the Duck Duck Juice draft, which I, uh, I do have to say is the uh, most important of the three draft games on Birds with Friends, Shield, maybe this will make you like the Landon Dickerson pick better because a big six points for you on an interior lineman plus your seven for wide receiver gives you a commanding lead at mm. 13 points. Now, Great Zach, pick. Milton Williams was announced as a defensive end, but we believe he's a defensive tackle. Yeah, the team announced him as a defensive tackle. Troy Vincent announced him as a defensive end. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the points. You get five points for defensive it, tackle. Yeah, that's a defensive tackle. And I am still shut out. Bad job by me taking tackle, offensive tackle over interior offensive line. That's that's going to haunt me. So uh, Shield gets that. And then credit again to Shield, a big win on Milton Williams. He gets uh, six points for having identified him in the Owl You Know draft. So he's got six points, three points for the correct uh, pick and three points for the round bonus. I have four points for Devontae Smith. Zach has no points. And I will tell you guys who we have left going into tomorrow. Shields' strategy of swinging for upside means that he has the most players still on the board. He has Darren Hall, his, uh, his real favorite guy, the cornerback from San Diego State. He has Jabril Cox, who is still on the board, the linebacker from LSU. He has Ellerson Smith, the defensive end from Northern Iowa, and he has Kylan Hill, the Mississippi State running back. Zach, uh, looking for his first points, has Davion Nixon, his favorite defensive tackle. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. From Iowa, who is uh, probably not going to happen anymore. They should have taken him over. Mm, There you go. Uh, Boston College linebacker Isaiah McDuffie and uh, everybody's favorite tight end slash punter, Zach Davidson from Central Missouri. And I have Alabama linebacker Dylan Moses, Florida cornerback Marco Wilson, and Penn State offensive lineman Will Fries. So I think uh, there's a good chance Shield's going to take this one home with his 6-4 victory. So it be a pretty good weekend for you, Shield. I don't count my uh, 
turkeys Chickens. before they balk. <laughs> That's pretty good. You pulled that together. Thank you. So uh, Milton Williams is uh, like the best athlete among the defensive linemen in this draft, uh, according to like his pro day results. But he has uh, T-Rex arms, like very, very short arms. And uh, he's an interesting player. He declared after uh, his season at Louisiana Tech, he had uh, led the team in sacks each of the last two seasons. I think five and a half two years ago, four and a half this year. He was playing a defensive end in a 3-4. He seems like a, he seems like a good high upside swing for this team to take, a team that has absolutely no depth at defensive tackle and needs to you know better inform their decisions at defensive end. So uh, he was asked what position he's going to play. He said he, he might play a little bit of defensive end on early downs, but he also said that you know his favorite position is defensive tackle. It sounds to me like that's, that's where he's going to go. Really? He said his favorite position is defensive tackle, huh? He prefers to be inside, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think he's, he looks like a good prospect. I mean, six foot three, 284. Like you mentioned, if you pull up his uh, mock draftable spider chart, I mean, yeah, you know, the, the first uh, comparison is Aaron Donald. Yeah. There. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald. The third one is Gino I am Atkins. saying he's Aaron Donald. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he is a, a gr- uh, very good athlete, a uh, great athlete, actually, for a defensive tackle. He was productive, like you said, uh, 10 sacks, 19 tackles for loss in the last uh, two years, 106 tackles. Now I get confused overall. about this. Do in college, do tackles for loss count? Sacks? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, there is something <clears throat> weird like that, isn't there? I think you I might think be right. I think they do. Yeah. You know what? Who cares? I'm saying them both. Like, I'm going to change that now. I'm too old for that. I'm not yeah, changing. Yeah. You You know, whoever counts that. I'm not you, calling you, you out. I'm just, I'm trying to get, like, get this straight for my own edification. No, I'm yeah. saying I'm not even going to consider it an issue for my life going forward. I'm going to look in the column where it says TFL, and I'm going to write that down. I'm going to look in the column where it says SAC, and I'm going to write that down. If someone wants to change those columns for me, by all means, go ahead. But I will never think of it ever again after this conversation is over. <laughs> I'm losing it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yes, I think you know position position of need, uh, premium position, build uh, defensive tackle, interior pass rush can be hard to find. He showed some juice there. Good Here's athlete. The thing about interior pass rush, I don't know if you know this about like if you're going up against an elite quarterback like like Tom Brady, mm. the thing that can actually like get to him, it's right not pressure from the edge. Yeah. But if you can get pressure up the middle. That's what up. really will. That's what really will. You know, get him yeah. off his spot. That's the kind of thing that could really get to a guy like Brady. Uh, who has more? Let's say a uh, now. All right, this is on the same topic. Do quarterback hits those include sacks? Correct. Now and, I'm not NFL sure charting. About I uh, oh yeah, I think they. I think they. God, what a stupid I, I, again, conversation I'm not, I'm for one fifty in the morning. When I actually don't know and, the answer. All right. All right. Well, here's my question. Let's call it pass rush production. We'll, we'll I think say they, that do they do because I think we've had this conversation with Dennis, and I yeah. think I think it's okay to measure them uh, together because sack should count more, like they should count double. But anyway, go ahead. Who is going to have more quarterback hits in 2021, Milton Williams or Javon Hargrave? Javon Hargrave. Oh, in 2021, this season here. <laughs> yeah, I had to yes. I had to use my head and think is it <laughs> that this season? But yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Javon Hargrave. Yeah, wow, I mean, you I, sound I think, very confident. Well, you're really Sheila, pumping think, up um you're you're really pumping well, no, up. Well, I think Milton the Williams bigger here. thing is 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 Sheila, you know, and I'm uh, pumping down Javon Hargrave. She was very very vocal in the beginning of this season about how bad Javon Hargrave was. Sure. It was true. But I think we all forget the entire season that happened and he ended up playing pretty well down the stretch. She'll love some 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 Milton Williams. Listen, anytime uh, you can pay I mean, thirteen million dollars, jump out the gym. Give me a break. I'm in. All, I'm in all day. Anytime you can pay thirteen million dollars to a guy with eight quarterback hits in fifteen games, uh, <laughs> I always say you got to do it. I mean, anytime you uh, <laughs> anytime you can spend your third round pick and piss off your scout at your <laughs> on a on a uh, on a guy who has five sacks on it with a schedule that includes Houston Baptist and uh and Texas San Antonio you got to do it right especially when, especially when uh 
when Davion Nixon, who was the unanimous All-American Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, was still on the board. But anyways, that's besides we got This is wow. we, we, need to, we need to do this like as much as possible because it gets us the spiciest version. Of I am I am on three hours of sleep right now, and uh, my wife was joking with me that like I was so full of energy all day today, but. At about 12.30 tonight, I, I hit a wall, and that was when mm. we were like 15 minutes from coming on the pod. Mm. So, yeah, I am a little loopy right it's now. Like the, uh, it's like my my uh, my favorite. <laughs> piss off your scouts. <laughs> uh, well, better to piss on them. Um, sure. Better then to piss on them. It's like my favorite thing from the uh, John Lynch draft, the, the old uh, Brian Solomon tweet about how had entering the draft. He's like, everybody tells me it's going to be a long weekend. I don't get it. I'm so excited. I got so much energy. And then on Sunday he, or on Saturday, he's like, man, I can't believe how much of a grind that was. Nobody told me. <laughs> that really is an all timer. Uh, it's okay. All right. But um, uh, so but, yeah, but, Zach, I but guess, by the I way, guess you hate Milton Williams. No, no, no. And, and actually, I, I kind of like feel bad for the guy because yeah, his he's, career is going to be colored by this. Thing. It's going to be associated, but by, he actually by that like he, he, he seems, seems like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah he's, exactly. well, he seems to me like he's not going to give a crap. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of in on him, his personality. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, look, anytime you I run a four six at, at what 283 pounds, 285 pounds, that, that that jumps out to you, and and um, athletically, uh, very impressive. Um, I admit I, I I did not watch Louisiana Tech this year. I saw the highlight reels, but uh, you know all the scouting reports suggest a good player, uh, exp- explosive player. I've I've been saying they really need to add a defensive tackle. Uh, it has been we talked about this last night since Benny Logan in 2013 when they uh, used the pick in the first two days on that position. In the first five rounds. Yeah, like Shield said, it's a premium position. So uh, so and I I thought the third round would be a, a good time to find one. And there was a, a run there. Three or four picks were defensive tackles, Williams included. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a fine pick. He was um, Dane's 75th ranked player or 70th ranked player. I, I, I believe so right in the range that he would go. Uh, it's a fine pick. It's just, if, if, um, if there's, you're angry because I, because uh, the pick I made was your boy, Melifonwu. No, so no, no. It was, Syracuse it was, guy. It was it was just more the process that um I'm curious about, but I, I don't want to make too much nor too little of that interaction. Uh I I just think that uh I I think the Eagles could have managed day two much better overall. Like I would have traded down in round two, maybe not in round three, or I just don't see like like getting I that don't extra think six the trade round down pick. in round three is a big deal at all. Like I really it's like, not, but like missing out on Aaron Williams, Aaron Robinson. Who cares? Worked or, out or great. Maybe they want a McNeil. By the way, maybe like they like McNeil better than, mm, than no. Williams. I'll I'll take a Milton over a McNeil. Okay, I actually I don't yeah. mind McNeil, but I I do prefer. Yeah, him. McNeil's fine. Give me some. Yeah, you know who his you know baseball McNeil. swing. Oh my gosh, that he looks like Cecil, uh, Cecil Fielder. I thought. Oh my goodness, he should play baseball. That thing was uh, beautiful. You know who Dane Brugler compares McNeil to? Hargrave? Javon Hargrave. It all comes <laughs> full there circle there. Yeah. There there you go. What do you think of, of, of that Houston Baptist offensive line? I was going to say, poor Houston. Sorry, Houston Baptist <laughs> listeners. My God. You tune in for some Eagles talk, and all of a sudden, this guy's just crushing your university. He thinks he's better than you because he's got uh, Syracuse. He's got Melifonwu's coming off the <laughs> well, walls. Well, no. Uh, oh, Andre Sisko was the top pick from Syracuse, but that's besides the point. No, he had – look, your, your boy Milton Williams had his chance to shine against the number uh, two pick. He played against Zach Wilson this year. Didn't bring him to the ground. But uh, when he goes up against Houston Baptist as quarterback, that's that's when he loads up those stats. Wow. Speaking Zach, of Zach Wilson. Anti-Milton Williams. <laughs> I, am, I am just kidding. I am just there kidding. was my boy Paulson Adebo was also yes, available. That, that could have been the pick. I agree. I agree. That, that would be the other pick. Stanford guy. Who are we kidding? <laughs> um, but no. Speaking I, of uh, Zach Wilson, no uh, credit, to, credit to Marissa oh, for gosh. alerting me to uh, his mother's Instagram, which is just a whole uh, another world. Uh, and includes some of the worst marriage advice I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if that's something that you're interested in, you can go find that. There's also a complaint about um, 
having to wear a mask on the uh, on the red carpet because it ruined her day. Not not her son's day, but her day. So, well, this the, the day's stuff. about the moms as well. So, <laughs> I mean, who so it was? Uh, it was Alec Ingle, the fullback from the Raiders. He got up there and said, "Make sure you wish." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I no, I'm not. Spot, believe me, I'm not saying that the son shouldn't thank the mom. Okay, just saying it's it's a weird way to frame it for the mom. I think to it's call time it to wrap day. up here. Is <laughs> yes. what I'm thinking. Sorry, it is. It's 158 right now, and yeah. we'll be back literally. The draft starts in 11 hours. So, yes, we do. Uh, we got a quick turnaround. So, yep. uh, and I think we're gonna do. Uh, I think we're gonna do live pod tomorrow um, as our wrap up pod. That's the fun one. We're all gonna be even, probably even loopier than we are now. So, real quick, what do you want to see them do tomorrow? Yeah, let's. So we should talk. We should talk a little bit about um, what they should. Yeah. Do so I think so, I, 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 I would like that. I would like to see them be active. Um, right now, they have four sixth round picks. They don't need to draft four guys in the sixth round. Um, I would, I would try to move up. I would try to get some picks next year. Maybe you, you swing one of those sixth for, uh, like a, a player who was a third rounder somewhere else last year who, um, who, or, or two years ago, who's, who's kind of fallen out of favor. You take a chance on a change of scenery type. Um, but I, I, I'm curious to see how aggressive Howie Roseman is tomorrow. Well, it's interesting. Um, like you, you probably don't need six picks between round six and seven. Yes, yes. But I do think that there is some kind of strategy to, you know, this, this particular draft where uh, there's probably more variance across the, across the boards than ever. And you could convince yourself that there are going to be more guys like falling through the cracks a little bit um, that it makes sense to have more lottery tickets. Like or the flip side fine. is that there there are fewer players this year, so the the player you're you're getting yeah, at but I think the, I think the fewer player things it, fewer players thing is a little bit is, is, is a overstated? little bit overstated. All right, fair um, enough. And as somebody pointed out, there's also the angle that like there's no um, other competing leagues this year, sure, um, which which uh, affects that a little bit. But if you're looking at like what they could get from packaging sixth round picks, you know, according to the draft chart, it looks like if they traded the first two. Six round picks that would get them up to like the middle of the fifth round, which is not not that exciting. I don't know. I think you could see uh, maybe that maybe one twenty three when they pick in the middle of the fourth round. Maybe they they do something like that and a sixth to move up to the top of the of the fourth to you know get a corner no, or something like that. But like I I would rather take a flyer on Anthony Miller with a sixth round pick than on a sixth round wide receiver. Is is my point. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, well Shields a big Anthony Miller guy. They'll get him. Yeah, Shields falling his, asleep. I mean, really. <laughs> by the time anyone listens to this, Anthony Miller uh, uh, will already excited. have answers to all these questions that you're posing. Like by the time somebody listens to this, they will have already made their pick. So uh, why don't we cut that out? If you have one strong take you want for day three, go ahead and voice it. And uh, otherwise, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, real quick. Howie Roseman said that uh, there are there's more than one way to skin the cat at cornerback. That they have six picks tomorrow. They don't play a game till September, uh, so pay attention to that because uh, this was similar rhetoric to 2017, and that year they actually ended up trading a uh, future third mm. to get Ronald Darby. So uh, I understand that there's a lot of time before the season starts, but that is a position they need to figure out what they're going to do at. Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, I'm sure they'll draft probably two corners tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I want them to draft uh, Khalil Herbert or Elijah Mitchell. That's what I want to see. And your boy Gainwell's still there. One of my running backs. Oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, if they could get Gainwell, I'm back on board, all the way. Love that guy. Okay, Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thanks to Zach, Sheil, Marissa, and Tom Donahoe for giving us something to talk about. (laughs) Uh, We will be back. Uh, tomorrow, so mad evening. Was, yeah, I have never seen like <laughs> such a power, like such a just. I mean, he looked like you know, he looked like uh, like a toddler, just just like throwing such a fit. It was very funny. He wanted to do the fist bump. He was like, <laughs> he didn't want to do the fist bump. You're right. He did it very begrudgingly. Exactly. Like, what's, like, what's the deal? Like, <laughs> we didn't get the corner I wanted. 
We didn't get Aaron Robinson. The, 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 the fist bump is like, it's such a low bar to, to clear, right? Just stick your fist out. You know? And Tom, you've been in these draft rooms for decades. You know we're, be, we're about to be on camera right now. Yes, exactly. Can't you save this for three minutes later? Howie was so confused as oh to what was God. going on. Howie and and Howie, so like the, Howie's the most image conscious. Like Howie knows where that camera is at all times. He knows yeah. that thing's rolling. Like, like Tom, what do you think? Like, yeah, he's thinking the same exact thing Bo just said of, of, of all times for you to pout about Aaron Robinson. He must be so mad that that got caught on camera. Oh, geez. Well, another, uh, another day in the Eagles world. Uh, Thank thanks tomorrow. for listening. We'll uh, be funny if Aaron Robinson turns into like a pro bowler. Okay. Uh, that'll do it uh, for this episode of Birds with Friends. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks to Marissa for uh, staying up with us. And as always, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, hold on. No, no, no. Wait, no. You're, you're going to be, you're going to be, because sometimes Tom Dino sits in the press box and you're just going to hear him like cheering and you're going to, and you'll be like, wait, there's a, nothing going on. And you're going to look up at the TV and like, you're going to the other games. It's going to be. Oh, he went to the Giants, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to get to play him twice. They're going to get to play him twice a year. Those have it's to be, be on prime time. He's gonna, like, well, this is going to go back to, but like how he's heavy handed personnel. The game plan that week is going to be throw at Aaron Robinson every chance you get. <laughs> Double moves on Aaron Robinson. Attack him down the field. The Tuesday beating after they win by 30. Why the hell did we... <laughs> Nick, why did we attack him? <laughs> They ran for they ran for 350 yards. <laughs> All right, let's Why let's wrap this up. Robinson more. <laughs> he was inactive. I don't get it. All right, for for Shiel and Bo, Marissa, I'm Zach. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your uh, stewardship, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.